It's time for This Week in WordPress, episode number 145, recorded on Monday, the 11th of January, 2020. Today, joining me as always, I've got Paul Lacey, but I'm also joined by Dovi Pochstis and Michelle Frechette. There's an awful lot to talk about. First up, we talk about WordFest Live, which is a new happening soon WordPress event running over 24 hours later this month. Then we talk about learn.wordpress.org and the fact that you can get free tutorials online directly from WordPress. We also talk about WordPress's move into the freelancing space for the price point of $5,000. You can have them build your WordPress website. Does this conflict and bother current WordPress freelancers? We also talk about a WordPress Tavern article all about the opportunities that are presented to freelancers and WordPress developers with the new blocks and full site editing capabilities. Next up, Liquid Web. Well, they're acquiring the events calendar plugin, which is very popular. 50 employees go over to Liquid Web. And we also talk about the fact that WP Tavern, the stalwart of WordPress news, is having a bit of a remake. What does it mean? What's happening to them? You can find out all about this and more on This Week in WordPress. This Week in WordPress is brought to you this week by AB Split Test. Do you want to set up your AB Split Tests in record time, like in a couple of minutes? Use your existing pages and test anything against anything else. Buttons, images, headers, rows, anything. And the best part is it works with Elementor, Beaver Builder and the WordPress Block Editor. Check it out and get a free demo at absplittest.com. Hello, 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 hello. Hello again. I'm going to say hello one more time. How's everybody doing? It is this week in WordPress. We're on episode number 7,382. Whoop, whoop. A lot. <laughs> episode a lot. But it's the first time that we've done this in ages because we've had the Christmas break and then we were so, sort of supposed to go live last week, but um, I'm blaming that man over there for mm. not wanting to go live. We had too much on, essentially, didn't we, Paul? And so we decided. We did. Yeah. But we're back. We're back this week in WordPress. I'm joined by Paul Lacey over there. We'll hear from him in a moment. Michelle Frechette, she's there. And also now, Dovi, do forgive me. I'm gonna I'm gonna butcher your surname. Dovi Pochis. Sure. I butchered it. <laughs> Pochis. Oh, that was reasonably close, I think. Was, We're here to talk was. about WordPress anyway. And um, first of all, just quick introduction. Um, very brief, if that's all right, because we're going to repurpose this as audio. And nobody can see what we're going to be gesticulating. Where are you from, Paul? What's your relationship with WordPress? And then we'll go to Michelle and, and Dovey. All right, yeah. So uh, happy new year, everybody. And um, and so, yeah, I'm Paul Lacey, currently from Dickie Bird Studio. More on that later. Uh, I am recently going through a midlife crisis, so I got some beard dye and uh, and, and dyed my beard a bit darker. What do you think? I, I, can you I tell, like it. Can, yeah. can you tell the difference? Yeah. Yeah. On the audio fine. especially. Everybody listening yeah. to this episode will be well, yeah. really... Compared to your eyebrows, I can see the difference. I didn't do the eyebrows, you know, and uh, my daughter... And that's why like, I can see the difference. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, so this podcast is sponsored by Just For Men. There you go. <laughs> Do you know YouTube are going to take us down because you said the word sponsored by? Um, oh, no, that's okay. That's okay. Um, thank you, Paul. Much appreciated. Michelle, what yep. about you? Where are you from? I'm in Rochester, New York. I work for GiveWP, where I'm the head of customer success. And I'm the speaker wrangler for WordFest, which we're going to talk about in a little while. We are. We're going to deal with that right off the bat, number one. But lastly, Dovi, tell us about yourself. I'm Dovi Pochstis, originally an Alaskan assassin. No, 
born and raised in Alaska, <laughs> but now currently in Virginia, uh, an hour away from DC. Imagine what my life's like right now. <laughs> yeah, we're not. We are not getting into I know. that. There's absolutely no way we're getting into that. But you've uh, you've identified yourself as a as an Alaskan assassin. Another reason for YouTube to probably take us down. They've probably told <laughs> this already. Heard the word assassin, and it's gone. It's gone from the internet. Anyway, we are here to talk about WordPress. Each and every week, we have a bit of a WordPress session. We talk about the WordPress news from the previous week. We're actually going to go a little bit further afield because we've missed so many weeks. There's bits and pieces that we're sweeping up um, as well. So we'll do that. First of all, before we begin, wpbuilds.com. If you want to follow all the stuff that we do, we do a podcast episode on a Thursday. And then we do this live every Monday morning, comes out as an audio podcast tomorrow morning at 7. Uh, if you wanted to find out about that and you want to keep in touch with all that we can do, you can go to the WP Builds subscribe page, wpbuilds.com forward slash subscribe, and you can sign up. Use this form here. Use the blue one. You'll find out about deals. What's this page? This is our deals page that I've just mentioned. If you've got a, a product that you're looking for this week, have a check out on this page. They just never go away. They're, they're 365 days of the year. We haven't taken any of them away, and you might be able to get yourself a few dollars off. You never know. And finally... This is our news archive where we store all of the bits and pieces uh, that we're about to create. So let's get stuck into it, shall we? The first item that we're going to discuss this week is all to Drum do with roll. this thing. Yeah. <laughs> it's all to do with um, WordFest.live. But, Paul, I'm going to hand over to you to introduce all this stuff. Well, WordFest is uh, branded as the Festival of WordPress. WordFest. Uh, it's not an official. Um, it's not like a WordCamp or anything like that. I'm going to hand actually. I'm going to hand over to Michelle in a minute as well. Oh, nice, nice handing. We're doing loads of handing, yeah. and she's going to hand it back. over to Dovey, who's finally <laughs> going to give it back to me. Yeah. But all, all I can say is that uh, I know there's not like a lot of other events mentioned or announced yet this year because no one really knows what's going on. But to be honest, I really feel like this is going to be my favorite event of 2021. Uh, if anyone, if you go to the website, wordfest.live, just check out the website, how beautiful the website is, all of the speakers. It just feels like a fun, it doesn't feel like an event happening in the middle of a global pandemic and we're all depressed and stuff. It's very, very um, lovely looking event. Um, I was a speaker. I'm not anymore. Uh, more on that, that's my fault. Um, I've had to drop out, but I'll, I'll allude to that later on. But um, Michelle, um, all of the speakers have been confirmed now, apart from the the ones who dropped out. And uh, <laughs> so, I don't know if you want to sort of speak of um, speak of the event and and let us know anything yeah. that we need to know, the latest news on it and stuff. Yeah, absolutely. So the idea behind this was um, Dan, maybe, and Paul Smart and I were having a. Um, we have a weekly, they're actually doing it right this moment, a weekly uh, fundraising meeting for Big Orange Heart. So Big Orange Heart is the organization behind WordFest. And I know you've spoken of Big Orange Heart before. It is a charity that's 100% dedicated to wellness, well-being, mental health in the remote work community. Originally WP and up. So it really started with WordPress. And then now it's, it's um, grown beyond that point. We had a conversation back in, I want to say October, where we started talking about Giving Tuesday. 
and what were we going to do for Giving Tuesday? And they had had a, um, a summit last year that was about, I think about six to, or, say, or eight hours long. And do we want to do something like that? And then we were saying, we really don't have enough time to pull that off. So maybe we could do something like that in in the spring. And then we thought, well, why don't, why don't we try to be the first one in the new year? And you know how like that little snowball starts at the top of the mountain and it continues <laughs> to grow until it's wiped out the entire town below? <laughs> our, our, our volunteers have started to feel like the town down below because this thing has taken on epic proportions, um, but we're so proud of it. We're so excited about it. And although we are tired <laughs> of all the work we've been doing, it is not even here yet. Um, we just are absolutely 100% excited to put this on one of the one of the things that i'm really interested in is the it, it's like no other event in that you've decided to span it across an entire day literally meaning an entire day so it's 24 sessions spanning different time zones is that what these stages are about the different do these stages yeah. represent those time zones or how does that work yes and no so there's actually 48 sessions and so on the global stage will be 24 sessions um so that runs all day the other stages will run during various um, time zones so we, we you know we start in um, oceania we go from there to asia then to uh, europe uh, and the middle east and then um, we finish in the americas and so the idea is we actually do span the globe with time zones that's not to say you can only watch in your own time zone but we don't encourage somebody to watch 24 hours straight because we are after all about your mental health and well-being and we do believe <laughs> that you should have some sleep as well <laughs> and so like i've taken that day off from work um so that i can not be torn back and forth because i am working with the the speakers all day long, but even I will be taking naps and you know not putting my own mental health and well-being um, on the line for this event. So there are um, there are four different stages that represent those four different areas. How do we? Um, first of all, the date twenty second of January. So it's really looming large. You've got eleven days left. How do we? Um, yeah. How do we go and register an interest, or can we just rock up on the date, or do we need to kind of yep. create some kind of email form, or how does that? You work? do need to register. So if you click okay. hover over that register on the left hand side, you can see there's attendees and donors. But if you click register at the top, you'll be able to actually grab that ticket. Tickets are free. We do um, have an opportunity on that ticket form to be able to give a ten dollar donation with your ticket, but that is completely optional. But every every penny that we raise through this event, through our sponsorships and through any donations, absolutely are going to fund the charity this year as we continue to work with our work community. And as we know, the global pandemic has made things even more difficult. More people have found themselves working remotely and those who worked remotely before are finding themselves in different positions than they might've been because where they might've been the only person working at home, now they've got homeschooling their children and, and spouses and, and other family members also at home. So um, all of us could use a little extra help this year and Big Orange Heart is there for that. And WordFest is here for two reasons. Number one, so that we can continue the work that we do as Big Orange Heart. But number two, we really want WordFest to be fun we want it to be a celebration of WordPress and the community that surrounds WordPress. We've got 48 amazing speakers um, that are literally, we, we, you know, we really want for diversity of this. We want to make sure that all the regions that I mentioned around the globe are represented. We want to make sure that there's women and men and minorities and because we want this to be a true um, cultural celebration around WordPress as well. I love this one, uh, Cam Cameron Jones, who very often ends up in the chat in, in here. He's got a beautifully titled um, uh, talk WordPress called sucks. WordPress Socks. Yeah, I think uh, that's probably going to um, attract a few people to find out exactly what he means by that. Yeah, it's great. It's it's perfect. It's great marketing, isn't it? So a really broad range of subjects. It's not it's not like you're you're sort of SEO 
conference or your i don't know your uh, page builder conference like we did it's it's just everything you're trying to bundle as many ideas as you can in one we wanted, day. yeah we really want a diversity in topics as well especially with yep. 48 if you if you came to a conference for 48 seo seo talks you might be like a little like redundant at some point, yeah. right? So yeah. um, we have things about accessibility. We have things about um, mental health and wellness. We have things in there about coaching and about um, making sure that you are good. We have yoga session. We have all kinds of different fun things. Tracy Apps, which is right there towards the top of the list, has 2020 killed your spirit too? Same. Let's find out why. You know, so all of those different things are really there. <laughs> there's Cameron. And there's, Cameron. Yeah, there's Cameron giving us a nice <laughs> smile on the uh, on the chat. That's really nice, thanks, Cameron. Um, yeah. So, so, so yeah. This, so there's going to be a lot of different diversity in the topics, and we wanted to make sure that we put something out there that would appeal to anybody. Thank you. Mm. Have you um, done away with the idea of things like strict tracts on on this event? You know, with WordCamps, yeah. it's normally like you know, tech, content, community or something like that. It seems that there's no rules here. You can, you know, it's kind of like this is a community event. You can present what you want to talk about and and that's how yes. you've chosen the, the talks. Yeah. Exactly. One of the like challenges, that. one of the challenges, especially I'm gonna I'm gonna um, call myself out here. One of the challenges for people around the world, and I would I would say that the that in uh, the United States we probably deal with this more than anybody else. <laughs> yeah, Leo, hundred percent guaranteed. Dan will be on twenty six hours, absolutely. But uh, time zones, time zones tend to be something that are very confusing, and I am the biggest person to not ever understand time zones. I'm constantly finding a website that'll tell me somebody says, "Oh, it's two o'clock." Yeah, you know it's terrible. So if you actually, if you can pull that schedule back up, I want to show you some a really cool feature. Yeah, we'll do. Nathan, and so if you click the plus sign under any one of those, there's a link to see what that's going to be in your local time. Now this is UTC, which is the same as Greenwich Mean Time, so it's not going to be any different for you, but it is different for me, right? So I'm going to see what time it is in Rochester, New York. Somebody, somebody else is going to be able to see, you know, what does that UTC time look like for me so that you can plan accordingly and have a better understanding of what that means. Yeah, that's nice. One of the when we did the page builder summit, that was one of the few gripes that we got in the emails on the first email we sent out. We just wrote it in um, British, you know, UK time. And people were saying, can you please differentiate it so that we know? And uh, this service is great. I've stolen it and I'm going to use it. Build a summit. Yeah, this yeah, is fab, isn't it? This is a really great event. So just quick recap. It's wordfest.live. We're looking at yes. the forward slash schedule, but wordfest.live. Um, great. So yeah, Paul, back to you, I think. Yep. So uh, the next next up, we've got um, a new project, uh, which seems to be a from the official wordpress.org website called Learn WordPress. And you can get to that website by going learn.wordpress.org. And actually, um, Abba Thakur, I think I've said that right, uh, who is somebody who um, I met her digitally, actually, at Bristol WordPress meetup uh, in the UK. It was a streamed thing. Um, and I remember meeting her there. And we you know, have kept in touch you know, off, on and off since then. And um, she sent me a message on Twitter the other day about this new this new program, which I think she's leading, actually, called Learn, or she's at least one of the co-leaders um, in it. And it's all about whether or not, it says on the website, whether you're a first-time blogger or a seasoned developer, there's always more to learn within WordPress from the community members all over the world. And so they're, they're, they're building a what they hope to be a huge resource of workshops and lesson plans and even full courses 
I think one of the things that I personally really like about this is something that I haven't seen too much in this kind of website before, which is the lesson plans. So yeah. you've got the traditional kind of stuff, yeah, where you can, you know, you can go on and watch a word, you know, a WordPress workshop that could be about SEO. It could be about anything. And you can maybe that's a 30-minute workshop or something. You'll learn a small thing that's very important. There's some full courses in there as well, but this lesson plans is the interesting thing. Uh, when you go to the website, you can access the lesson plans. And let's say you are somebody that wants to show other people how to learn WordPress. Uh, you can look, for instance, at one of the lesson lesson plans, keeping WordPress sites secure. So first of all, the plan will kind of tell you that this is, for instance, a good lesson to teach for about 45 minutes. It will tell you, it will teach you the things that you need to know, uh, make sure that you've got all the key points. It will even give you a suggested lesson plan and some exercises that people can do at the end of the lesson, lesson and assessment. And also you can see the person that, that wrote it. So you can even you know, connect with that person on Twitter and, and speak to them about it and suggest any further ideas. Not only that, they're actively looking for people to, to contribute uh, to, to this. And there is a lot of stuff on there already. So this definitely has already got a kind of critical mass of good content on there. But I know that if anyone is thinking about getting into contributing to WordPress in a, in a fairly casual way, but a very meaningful way, then I think uh, going to the Learn website and contributing a little workshop or even a full course or whatever would be really cool. Nice. Um, I, I haven't delved into this at all other than the fact that it exists. Um, I've not looked at those lesson plans or what the depth is or anything, but it's just a nice nice philanthropic effort. Just looking at what's on our screen, we're sharing the screen at the minute, there's, there's six courses. Is that what we're calling these workshops? Those are just what's recent the, workshops. There's a lot more than that. So what's a workshop? Courses. What's a workshop then? Is a workshop like a live event that happened? No, no. It's it's more just like a a, a very condensed lesson in a way. Right. So it's it's kind of what you might imagine seeing at a WordCamp event where someone teaches you. So, for instance, the one we can see on our screens at the moment, which is using the media library by uh, Patubo Kran Kransky. I think that's I know Courtney Patubo Kransky. I've probably murdered that uh, name name. Of pronunciation there but it's i've looked at that one for instance and as as taking you know you can take it for granted that everybody knows how to use the media library but it's still not the most easy thing to use i'm often teaching clients okay when you've uploaded a, a document this is how you can get the url of the document and so even if you're working with clients like i do you can still find some great things in here to educate some of your clients and again, what you can see on the screen here on the right-hand side is WordPress for Kids, part one. Nice. So all the kids in the UK at the moment are stuck at home. Uh, all our schools are closed. And I know at WordCamps, for instance, there's been kids' workshops before. And so there's some, some lovely stuff in here to teach to how to get your kids involved with this and get them off Fortnite for a bit and uh, <laughs> doing something far, far less uh, constructive. <laughs> can, can I just say, honestly, that is going to be WordPress nil, Fortnite 52. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's just Fortnite's going to win that. But it's a nice nice gesture, though, isn't it? Mm. Do you know what interests me about this is I wonder if any of these could be sort of like redeployed. I mean, obviously not the, the, the how to use track workshop, for example, but I wonder if some of these could be repackaged for, for clients, you know, like the media library right. one strikes me as a really useful thing. Struggling with the media library? Just go watch this. Um, and you've saved yourself a few hours explaining how the media 
like well minutes probably explaining how the media library works david you were mentioning about me scrolling up there was something oh access lesson plans got yeah, it the so, lesson plans are all there okay so, so we've think, got you i think sorry, it's you, kind of in, oh go ahead I, I, go ahead yeah you go ahead okay i'll go ahead i think this is actually really great because it's like a private udemy essentially for wordpress and if anybody's actually built anything in wordpress you know that there are a million ways to do the same thing right you go out there and you try and program one piece and it's completely different i think this gives us a more modern take i'm going to guess that every single one of these videos is going to be focused about around the modern methods or the the best gutenberg etc and so i think that's nice my question will be is how do you curate it um and what uh, what if somebody wants to do an add-on to an existing one that right. they didn't build? That, that's where I'm going to be interested to see. But at least from a, the interim, it's a great start. Yeah, let's have a quick look at these lesson plans. I'm just going to right-click on... While you click through, I'm going to say plans. that we do have a session with Angela Jin about oh. Word, the new learnwordpress.org at WordFest, and there will be live Q&A. So oh, it's great. a good opportunity to learn more about it. Okay, Sign so that's now WordPress.live. So, yeah. Go to WordFest.live, check WordPress. out that particular WordFest, yeah. So we've got we've got things like create joining WordPress Slack. So that's obviously, you know, if you want to contribute to the project on a more meaningful level. Speaker training workshop. Ooh, that's interesting. 60 minutes on how to sort of upskill yourself as a speaker. That's cool. Creating that's, a WordPress that's account. That's really cool. You know, the speaker, the speaker training one is is really cool because let's say that you're you really want to do something in that area and you know you're not you're not yet ready to you know go on a, a physical stage because we can't anyway but let's say you're kind of like i would love to do you know a zoom a zoom based word you know wordpress meetup in front of say 10 people and I, you know it'd be a big thing but i don't really know how to go about this on here you can kind of find something that you're fairly comfortable with because it's already your area let's say wordpress security basics you can do the speaker training workshop to learn about some really super tips on how to actually deliver a talk. And you can get a lesson plan on something that you might be already planning to do a talk about. So you can really put some of these pieces together and um, and get involved. And I think that is one of the main uh, outcomes that they're hoping, that this just gets more people involved because community has taken a big hit in the last 12 months. Mm -hmm. And and this is this is definitely um, gonna connect connect a few people together again. Do you know if this is recycled content in some cases? In other words, are we looking at like wordpress.tv or you know stuff that's been filmed so. at a WordCamp? I was just the reason I wondered that is because I saw that Word uh, Child Themes 2016 was a was a, I just didn't know that anybody would be creating that content 45 mm, minutes less point. than about. Yeah. 2016 so that's interesting anyway there's seven we're currently looking at a page it's probably got 10 courses on that page and mm. according to the pagination at the bottom there's seven such pages so there's looks like there's an absolute ton 60 of content plus. 60 yeah. plus wow okay so there's an absolute ton of content on there so learn.wordpress.org if you're interested in learning about wordpress maybe it's something really really bizarre that you think probably isn't on there it might be worth checking out but the fact that they've got stuff like how to how to stand up and do um, speaking, public speaking, really, really interesting. Yeah. Um, I'm wondering, you've got services. I'm going to do a segue, right? I'm announcing a segue because I never managed to pull off a segue. Here we go. Here comes the segue. WP101 and such services are, um, they're businesses, right? They're out there and they provide this stuff. They provide courses for people basically like this. 
So I'm wondering if what they would think about that. In other words, they, there's a philanthropic effort here by the community, which is kind of undermining their business model. Here comes the segue. Now we're going to move to this piece. Yeah, you see what I did there? Um, Paul, I'm going to hand it over to you. This is definitely the juiciest uh, piece we've got going this week, especially the fallout from this as well. So just to read the headline out for anyone listening, WordPress.com rattles the freelancer community with a new website building service launch. Okay, so in a nutshell, uh, the announcement, and I think there's a lot of assumptions that we have to kind of, the, the, you know, all the reactions to this are based on a lot of assumptions, uh, but this is how it looks. It looks like uh, WordPress.com, owned by Automatic, have launched a new website building service. They've got a landing page for it. And the way they kind of uh, position this is they talk about, let's just go to the page on my screen one second. Mm. They talk about your site built by us, but built for you. And then it shows a bunch of screenshots of different web pages, including the Welcome to the Swedish Museum of Modern Art, which is a really funny one on there. And, um, and then it kind of gives you a very basic idea that perhaps you might want an online store, you might want an educational website or a professional services website. And then they talk about the pricing point and they're starting their prices at $4,900. And then you can apply to get that. Now, this has upset um, apparently a lot of the freelancer community because this is a really odd thing for someone like Automatic to do from a particular perspective. So you're looking at a company that's had, you know, 300 million, was it, from Salesforce or, you know, however many millions from different investment things. And they've got all these big plans. And then they're hitting the what uh, Matt Medeiros would call the blue collar website builder or website implementer um, right at a price point that is competing with a ton of the community that some people would say built the success of WordPress. And you kind of got to ask yourself, why are they doing this? And is it a big thing that they're doing? Or is this an entrepreneur within the company of Automatic asked to set up a side project and is and is going along with that? Now, I can speak of this from a personal point of view because, and I won't spend too much time on this, just very briefly, my, my business, Dicky Birds, is a victim of 2020 and we, we are closing down our business in the next no. month or so. Yeah, but it, it's fine. Um, so I'm, <laughs> okay. go, I'm going... <laughs> I'm going back to being an independent consultant, which which I'm extremely happy about. And I didn't quite honestly enjoy the role of CEO of a larger, you know, not particularly large company, but a larger company over the last couple of years. And we saw our uh, business development opportunities that we normally get every single year. Uh, while we did absolutely fine cash flow in 2020, when it came to kind of December, and I was looking forward to the next year. I couldn't see many of the big opportunities that we normally we have so that along with a bunch of other things and you know the economic stuff and then further lockdowns i made a decision that it was time to look at the writing on the wall and and the, and that we would close down and go our separate ways and and thrive in a different way now i'm technically putting myself right in competition with automatic here i'm not personally bothered about this i don't think that it's probably a particularly well thought idea i think that they need to stay in their lane and um and i'm sure that it's getting just outsourced and i think david you know a bit more about that but all i can say from a personal point of view uh, as someone as a small agency 
moving into being a freelancer again, is that, man, this is bad timing to have that time of year where people lose their jobs, companies shut down, and then Automatic puts something out that they don't need the money, they don't need to do that, to say, hey, we're going to start competing with a huge portion of the uh, community. I'm not the only one a little bit annoyed about that. Matt Medeiros has made a pretty um, scathing. Uh, a scathing video on his YouTube channel, The Matt Report. And I definitely recommend people go and check that out. And he's extremely furious because he's always been the advocate of the blue-collar website implementer who this is really going up against. A lot of other people are very angry about it. Whether or not they're going to get affected or not, if, you're, if your world is WordPress.org and everything you work in is that, then in a, in a world where we all feel it's a little bit smaller than it used to be at the moment, this could hit your mental health at exactly the wrong kind of time. So go and check out the Matt Report video. Matt Mullenweg has responded to Matt Medeiros' video, and apparently they're going to have an interview about it. They're going to have a conversation. So I'm really looking forward to that. But what a what a time to put something like that out. It really is yet another, I think, as a lot of people would say, a PR gaffe. Um, but anyway, over to you. Um, yeah. D Dovey, what did you, you mention before we started recording? It's being outsourced, you said. Yeah. So according to Post Atlas and Matt directly, it's he's utilizing some third-party service to do that. So it's an offering pushthrough.com. Um, Personally, I did this exact thing. I specifically charged $5,000 for a website to make websites back in the late 90s. Um, and it's a very interesting situation. But what I will say is I don't ascribe to the scarcity mentality as much. And we always forget that WordPress.com is still a business. I mean, look at EDD and WooCommerce. Uh, WooCommerce getting acquired by Automatic hurts EDD in essence, right? But it's also good, you know, so we don't know where it's going to end. But I'm just going to say this before I get out my pitchfork. Um, I'm going to honestly <laughs> say that WordPress.com kind of does, does this and throws it on the wall. And if there's pushback, they take it off. Does anyone remember the we're accepting themes to WordPress.com? Submit your theme to be posted and sold on .com. I went through and I made a theme took one month i had it ready to go and then they're like oh just kidding we closed the doors <laughs> you know it, it it happens over and over again so i don't know if it will last that long i don't think it was ill intention but remember they're a business and they're trying to make money and that's what people are doing trying to just get a site set up quick so they're trying to get ahead of elementor and make sure that wordpress.com stays relevant mm. well we'll be touching more on the elementor comparisons a bit later but michelle have you got any thoughts on this so i think you're, where you're coming from as far as your response depends on where you are as a, as a designer, developer, web builder. So in my five years as a freelancer, you know, I was up to maybe charging $2,000 for local in my region websites. And most of those people were like, oh, my gosh, I don't know how I'm going to afford that. And so for me, that would never have been a competition because I was right. not able to charge $5,000 in my area where I was building websites. Uh, and no matter what I was building, whether I was trying to implement WooCommerce and a complete e-commerce system or a simple brochure site. So, you know, it says it's starting at $4,900. You know, that's not gonna include e-commerce sites. That's not gonna include some more, you know, the robust things that's gonna be for a brochure site. So for me, that was never gonna be competition. For somebody who's able to charge more, 
maybe it's competition, but even then I still like my customers didn't care what I built on. They didn't know whether it was WordPress or Wix or Weebly or custom code or what it was. They just wanted to, wanted it to look good. And they wanted yeah. it, you know, and as, as quickly as possible, but they also wanted that constant conversation and input. So I don't know that it's going to look like what we've expected, you know, in, in as freelancers and as agencies, that communication is not, it can't possibly be the same when you're working with a global organization like that. And so I don't know if it's really going to be that big an issue for most people. And also I would challenge people that maybe if you were like me and you were charging $2,000 website, granted that was over three years ago, still, um, perhaps you aren't charging <laughs> enough and you should raise your price. So I don't build websites anymore. I work for a plugging company, but um, I would have taken that as a personal challenge to find clients that were willing to pay those prices and then offer them a better service by being that, you know, more touchy feely and in contact and supportive of them. Um, so, can I echo that sorry. really quickly? Mm -hmm. I think the WordPress economy as a whole way undercharges like any yeah. other industry in the world for the same amount of labor that people put into some of these products, they'd be charging 10 times. No, no yeah. joke. I mean, I'm yeah. outside of this space and inside. And so I think we probably need to recognize that we're all undercharging. And honestly, if this helps to elevate people to start charging a value that they're worth, that can't be a horrible thing, but it is kind of a bad timing, you know, sour yeah. taste in your mouth. Yeah. I, th I think the timing is, is a cause of, you know anxiety um but cameron jones in the show notes sorry not in the show notes in the comments says a lot of the angst is also the way automatic with two t's uh, get to use the wordpress trademark in any way they want in some ways this service is now being is being presented as the official in quotes service for wp site dev um so a couple of things occur to me number one imagine the seo on this you know imagine oh, that yeah. you are somebody going out and you are looking for and i don't know if the 5k price point came about because that is just what they can subcontract it out to and still make a profit or they've discovered that that is basically the, the sort of mode a price that people are prepared to pay but imagine that people are going out searching for 5k wordpress website uh, you, you're you really are going to find it tough to beat wordpress.com or wherever this is going to be hosted on an on a on an seo play so that sort of is interesting to me i just sort and of credibility why. yeah yeah and and like cameron says exactly that credibility does this feel now official um you know if, if you want to do something well you go to wordpress because they're the people that designed and built the software so it will be interesting to say how they pitch this you know if they do get into the language of get a website from the people who curate the wordpress project if they start to stray into that area where do we go from there and how does that feel and it i think matt medeiros in his video is basically trying to make the point that it increasingly it looks uh, to him as if it's uh, more of a sort of SaaS offering come to wordpress get everything we'll do your website we'll build it and everything for you but matt mollenweg to be fair did go out and say he is literally not trying to grab projects um, off people and he did in fact say I don't remember where I read it it maybe was in the, the Matt Medeiros post that uh, you know if you feel that we've usurped you on a project and you find out that something that you were pitching for was in fact given to us contact us actually get in touch and we'll see if we can put it right but I don't know what that means 
But remember, mm. too, that people make decisions on spending that kind of money in two ways, financially and emotionally. So how are you pivoting yourself in the market to address the emotional part of things and how you can appeal to people through what you do and what you provide? Because I think that's where the difference is going to be. Yeah. If you wanted to check out the post on the Matt report, uh, just go and Google. I spell it WordPress now. And he's deliberately using small w, small p. Um, and Matt, Matt Mullenweg, in reply to Matt, he did do quite a, probably a two or three hundred word reply trying to break down all of the points that Matt makes as he goes. So it was, it was, you know, it was nice thing to. Yeah, I'm, I'm really looking forward to that episode actually because, um, and I've put in in the comments myself in in the YouTube video that I would love it to be a two part discussion because I know that. Um, the, the, the two mats on this are going to have such um, opposing perspectives on what is going on here sort of thing. And I remember the DHH <laughs> interview that, uh, that Mullenweg did with, um, with DHH. Yep. And DHH was kind of, uh, kind of on, the, on the offensive and, and Matt Mullenweg was, was very astute on the defensive. And you kind of, what you got was more of a debate competition more than than an actual resolution of it. And I would love to see, this is why I want to see two parts. I'd love to see, you know, uh, Matt Medeiros putting his point to Matt Mullenweg. Matt Mullenweg doing his great job as usual of knowing his facts, knowing his perspective and defending that really, really well. And then the two of them being able to go away and come back a month later and say, right, I understood what you said there. That's made me think, and my perspective has changed a little bit because I don't think we'll see much of much perspective change in that interview. It'll be definitely really good in entertainment, but I'd love to see a second part on that. Mm -hmm. I, I also think that um, what you said, Michelle, um, ab about that, you know, if you've got something fairly unique, you can use that as a kind of, you know, well, this is, you know, hey, hey, client, no, I used to charge $4,000. You, know, you can then say, right, I now charge $6,000 and I'm better than WordPress.com, which is a kind of off-the-shelf right. kind of service, and that's why I charge more than WordPress.com. So there's definitely opportunity here to, for some people, for, for sure, to actually use it as a comparison point and to say that, no, we, we don't, you're not locked into WordPress.com where you can't really do a lot. You know, we use WordPress.org software and we can do anything with that. Um, I think Matt Medeiros and a lot of the people who are very upset about it um, uh, are more upset, uh, as Matt especially is talking about the constant, what he would probably term as gaffes, um, you know, whether it's, you know, the WooCommerce pricing thing or, or uh, this, this for instance, and, and just kind of creep, you know, this kind of idea that you've got things like Jetpack, which is a kind of funnel within WordPress to some of their SaaS-based services. And I think he's starting to get extremely irritated about these things. It's pretty clear in his video that that's getting to him. Um, but it's it's definitely worth watching and, and t then take your own opinion from that and join the conversation because it's a good conversation and Matt Mullenweg's directly involved in it now. So You can imagine the comparison tables over the days and weeks to come. People, you know, we do this. WordPress.com does this. We cost this, which is half of what WordPress.com does. So, you know, th there are definitely ways that you can win out of this, but just interesting. Don't do half. Yeah, 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 exactly <laughs> but, half. But my, <laughs> favorite, my favorite is you can reach me by telephone. And then there's yeah. nothing on the other side of that. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's it. Yeah, yeah. We are. I am an actual person at the end of a phone line. Dovey. Mm -hmm. So, so let's be honest. WordPress.com originally was an enhanced WordPress, like it was a, a managed blog. 
But WordPress.com is realizing that there's a lot of money on the table. In my opinion, I think Matt sees a vision where he needs to become the center of the deployment of websites. Uh, you can see that in his acquisitions, WooCommerce and focusing on blocks and trying to go in that direction. And this is just a natural progression of that. Right now, it may be for a third party service, but in the end, it may be prepackaged WordPress.com setups specific for different needs to compete with Square or Squarespace and other sites like that. And I think we're going to see that more and more. They're trying to push, start designing blocks, and blocks are going to help you make money. Gone are the days probably of Avada and big all-in-one solutions that kind of do everything. Uh, there are a lot of competitors who are working to own the pathway for people yeah. to build websites, Elementor, um, various ones out there. And they're just gonna keep growing. So the question is, where do you wanna fit in? And is this something we as a community really want or are we going to push back? And I'm gonna guess that the community is gonna be okay with it. So adapt or die, uh, unfortunately. Things are heading in this direction. Unless you are big enough to own the pipe, you've got to hook into a pipe or you're going to be gone. Yeah, interesting. Okay, let's move on to the next one. By the way, we should probably say just before we move on that that piece was from uh, WP Tavern. It was written by Sarah Gooding. You can find it at WordPress.com, Rattles Freelancer Community with new website building service launch. It was uh, came out on the... 4th of January last year. Right. Okay. I'm going to, I think I might even manage another segue here because Dovey was just on about, you know, uh, adapting or dying. Here's another adapting or dying thing. This is all to do with the block system. Again, WP Tavern, only this time it's Justin Tadlock. He produced a piece called Block System Will Create More Commercial Opportunities for WordPress Theme Authors. I'm expecting that Dovey's probably got the most to say about this being um, a, a theme author, but just to paraphrase, Justin is sort of saying that, you know, in the past, it was all about the theme. Um, in the future, the theme as we know it, I think he used theme in quotes, um, the theme will sort of disappear and we'll get to the point where more or less everything is some kind of block. And we'll have the user interface as the main mode for doing things. And you'll have little, I'm just trying to find the images on this piece, you'll have little sort of thumbnails of headers, thumbnails of footers, thumbnails of testimonial blocks that you might like to put in. Then he also moves on to talk about um, how these can be designed to have sort of like a unique brand. You know, there might be ways for making the brand so that it, it's it's consistent. If you drop in a block, it adopts the, the branding and the colors and so on. And Genesis, he points out as an example of doing that with their gen Genesis blocks. Um, and then finally, he sort of talks about, well, actually, I won't go into that. It's probably said enough already. So anyway, the, the idea of blocks being the future, reusable, sorry, not reusable blocks, block patterns um, as well. What do you reckon about this, Dovey? Is this a good commercial opportunity? Because that's what Justin thinks. Get in this early, and you could be one of those people back 10 years ago who got into themes early and did really well out of it. Yeah, without question, this is another one of those pivots in WordPress that if you ride this wave, you can find yourself in a really good seat. Um, there is a need, and there is still a lot of gap that doesn't happen out there. I mean, there are blocks, but not all of them are pretty. And just like you were saying, Nathan, you can come up with templates and designs. I mean, that's what Redux kind of tried to be, right? Redux has a, a template gallery inside of it, and I see a lot of other people going that way. Um, when it comes to themes, I think you'll, if you look at things like Stackable or um, Quibbly or any of the other block plugins, they almost replace a theme. 
right? Hmm. You can build entire sites with the click of a button, things like Redux. It, it's going to be interesting to see if themes ever really exist in the future, except for uh, empty themes like uh, Astra, right? It, just things that are, are built for speed and that's it, and everything else lays in blocks. The block pattern piece is still, in my opinion, very archaic and will still need a lot of work, but it's gonna be really interesting. And if I were you, I'd be putting all my time into blocks because whether we like it or not, that's what's coming down the pipe, and we can't really stop that. Yeah, we're still in a sort of phase. Uh, again, if I just put the screen back up, the the sort of UI for all this is a bit clumsy. And oh, yeah. uh, Justin talks about the fact that who was it? Was it um, was it Caroline Nymark? Is that her first name? I've got her last name, but I'm not sure if I got her first name right. I apologise if I've got that wrong. Um, put this um, sort of yeah, Carolina Nymark. Apologise. Her Armando Armando theme which kind of offers the UI that you can see on the screen. It's basically an, near the publish button. You get this kind of drop-down option where you can see things that you could put as a header and see things that you can put as a footer. looks pretty good, actually, although Justin says, you know, it needs a lot of work. It does seem like we're kind of getting there. Um, yeah, I feel that in two years' time, this will be the way that I, I'm building websites. I won't be playing with a theme at all. I'll just be dropping in these these little header blocks and footer blocks and probably, you know, having going out to the community and looking for what they're creating all the time. And yeah, it just seems like the future to me. I know that there's still a lot of pushback about all of this, but I feel that it's a pretty much a done deal at this point. We're just waiting for it to mature. Let me be saucy here. And I'm just going to be flat out and honest, transparent as can be. Carolina, <laughs> you should make a plug-in because your reach is only for your theme. You can do the same headers in a plugin. You can override any template in a plugin. And then your reach is so much bigger. And I think that's how theme developers need to think. You can release a theme, that's great, but release blocks as well or plugins to do that. Or maybe make your block that's part of your theme a plugin install. Yeah, so then yeah. you don't have the overhead of uh, the theme review team and everything, and you can build for the masses. And suddenly now you have a greater opportunity. Hmm. Any thoughts on this, Paul or Michelle? Uh, yeah, yeah. Sorry, uh, I'm saucy. <laughs> it's all right. Um, we like a bit of sauciness on this show for sure. Um, so, uh, you know, I I think um, with the kind of weight off my shoulders of uh, you know three years of quite a lot of pressure and stress running a company, I, I over over the Christmas period, I, I suddenly feel far more open to the idea of the block editor and. You know, and maybe I was just stressed and and angry about stuff all the time, but so I can't see where it's going. I can't, but I know that it will go to the place that it needs to. I just can't visualize it. I look at what's there and I think, how is it going to go from here to something I would really fall in love with? But I think I've just got to give it time. Let some of the you know the innovators from the core team, and then obviously a lot of the innovators from third party teams get involved and sort this out and and just keep my eye on it. I saw a, a, a video that really helped me understand the concept of full site editing as well, which was Adam Prizer's WP Crafter channel on YouTube. And he did um, a really good video about looking at, I think, Caroline's uh, Carolina's theme. I assume it was using her one. And it had, you know, the UI in the left-hand side, which looks kind of similar to the customizer, the, cl the classical customizer. And it was a really good video from a, a kind of a, a different perspective 
that we normally look at these blocks. So I do recommend going and checking that out because I did see a bit of the future and did kind of understand it a little bit more after that. I also had a good conversation actually um, just before uh, we broke up for the holidays with Munir Kamal on Twitter. I've put the link in the show notes uh, to the the, the Twitter um, thread. Uh, Munir posted a thread about, you know, do you think it's going to be the best year ever for, for WordPress in 2021? And Munir Kamal, for anyone who doesn't know, is is definitely trailblazing in the whole blocks, the world of blocks and Gutenberg editor and creating some amazing plugins that patch a lot of the functionality that we that we don't have. Um, he's very excited about it. I was kind of, you know, definitely a glass half full um, in my responses. And I, we were just having a really nice conversation about that. And one of the nice things as well is that, yeah, um, mine's mine's totally empty at the moment. Um, mine's, but mine's full right to the top. It's yours great. Is, yeah. Um, yours is half he, <laughs> he has agreed to uh, to come on the panel uh, in 2021, and he, he's not done any kind of public speaking or anything before. And um, But, you know, I managed to convince him that we would look after him and and uh, make sure that there's some really relevant stuff for him to talk about because he's so well positioned, like Dovey, you said, to, I think his name is going to be around for some for the next 10 years in this space. And um, he, he's one of the people give, giving me kind of hope that, this, that, that some smart people out there are going to make this an amazing tool for me to use from my perspective. Um, sorry, Michelle, if you wanted to. Yeah, my um, only two cents is that it's still so volatile is that it's changing, it's growing, it's morphing so much right now that it's not intuitive to many users. So I find myself having to Google so much to be able to produce one page. And so it's still not easy enough for me to use without putting in a lot of extra time and effort that is, it, I haven't found it worth it. I use it for posts because I just use it straight out of the box for posting. Yeah. Um, but everything else I use a theme builder for pages and things that are more static content because it's, I just don't have the time to invest in relearning and relearning it as we go. Yeah. Um, I'm going to, I'm going to try yet another segue. I'm going to, I'm going to hijack the, um, I'm going to hijack Paul the, the numbers in, in the articles and I'm going to go You're straight to, to number the seven, aren't you? I'm going to, number, to number seven. seven. I thought that's a good idea too. <laughs> uh, and that's <laughs> not it. That is not it. Not that's that number, eight. That's number eight. It's this yeah. one. We'll come to that one right at the end. Um, this is the admin bar. This is Carl Van Dusen's piece, which he wrote on the 2nd of January. Carl basically um, is a Elementor user and he makes the point right at the beginning of the article that he's, he's not really um, wanting to build his own themes or, or in, get involved with wrangling PHP or anything like that. So page builders are where it's at for him, but he's been, he has become concerned about the bloat of his page builder of choice, which is Elementor. And so he's gone out and he's tried to do some, some straightforward, quick and easy testing. And he does make the point that, you know, he's, he's not trying to compare um, anything on a on a very deep level, but he's just making some quick assumptions at the beginning. And he creates this that you can see, a fairly typical landing page. Uh, it's like a home page. Um, if you can see it on the screen, it's got, a few, it's got a few rows with a hero and a sort of call to action and so on and so forth. And he creates that in Elementor and he creates that same thing in Gutenberg and just going out and doing a few quick tests. He tests it against GT metrics. And the, the two are reasonably similar. The Gutenberg comes out ahead, but only by a few percentage points. The, the difference isn't all that stark. But then he goes to Google PageSpeed Insights, and it's kind of like night and day, really. What was 46% right. on Google Page Insights becomes 94%. 
And, and so he, he's asked himself the question, is it time to switch? And a bit like Michelle, the answer is yes and no. The, the switch he can see is coming, but he's, he just doesn't think there's enough in there yet for him to jump ship because of all the, the theme building functionality that, that Elementor has. So the ability to create archives and all of that kind of stuff in Elementor is great. Try to do that in Gutenberg at the minute? No. But he, I think he thinks the writing's on the wall. He then actually, just for the point of clarity, he then actually goes on to create a similar post, which you can find right at the bottom where he talks about it, Oxygen against Gutenberg, and they're much closer. They're, they're very, almost right. identical. Uh, in other words, that is to say that Oxygen performs equally well as Gutenberg. But um, anyway, there we go. Just a fascinating piece. Paul, I know you wanted to talk about this. Uh, I just really enjoyed reading this piece because I think I just um, resonated with the majority of it that I could yep. totally see the the end product that you get if you put the work in with the block editor is is going to smoke Elementor or Beaver Builder or or some of the the more traditional page builders in terms of performance and code output. It won't actually smoke um, Oxygen for its code out output because Oxygen's code output is as good as uh, the block editors and Gutenberg's. So it's not 100% true that it you know smokes all of them. Um, but I, I just really agreed with. Uh, his his opinion on that he he's it's not it's not there and it won't be for a while for someone who is doing client websites and needs to push them out quickly at less than four thousand nine hundred dollars to make profit. <laughs> nice did that. I it all together this week. So it it's got a thread running. Michelle right laughed first. <laughs> Michelle laughed first. She was listening. <laughs> I heard you. Uh, that's good. Um, anybody on that? Um. Well, yeah, so Gutenberg pre-renders things. That's the whole point. Like the template and the HTML and the CSS are pre-rendered. Uh, Elementor is a adaption of Visual Composer WP Bakery, where everything is a, a PHP short code going to a function, running the PHP and executing. So of course there's gonna be better speed. And then there's also divide us big time in Beaver and uh, Elementor and WP Bakery. Uh, Gutenberg and Oxygen have taken a different approach, but I, I do want to stress this. Um, the interface is not faster. <laughs> um, WordPress has this problem. They think everybody has super JavaScript machines and Gutenberg is slow, just like the customizer, just like Elementor, just like Oxygen. I mean, you can only put so much JavaScript in memory in order for it to be performant. So the experience is not always the best. But the output, what people see and what kind of page ranking and what your users are going to get is in a better approach. I just hope that we solve the other piece as well so that, you know, it's actually usable. Yeah. Okay. Okay. That was interesting, though. Uh, so you can go and find that at the admin bar. It's the blog on the admin bar.com. Um, okay, so we missed a piece out. We're going to really change tack now. This is about acquisitions. So many acquisitions. It feels like over the last couple of years, so many things have been acquired. And here's another one. This this amazes me because of the numbers involved. And we're not for once talking about the numbers of dollars. We're talking about the number of employees. So if you've tried to go out there and find a calendar plugin or something that can create, um, I don't know, events, let's say, then you probably stumbled across uh, the Modern Tribes, the events calendar. Well, 
Liquid Web certainly found them. I don't know what they've paid for them. I don't think it's introduced in this article, but again, it's just in Tadlock on WP Tavern writing, Liquid Web acquires the events calendar WordPress plugin from Modern Tribe. And I am just blown away by how many people are involved in this plugin. So 50 is the number, 50 people. Um, full-time I, I say full-time i've no idea if it's full-time there are 50 people who've moved across to liquid web um liquid web are also incidentally the the owners of iThemes and although the two are going to be kept separate it it's interesting because restrict content pro was bought last year and that very much is like an iThemes thing whereas this one has been apparently kept separate so there won't be initially any compatibility if you're on a liquid web hosting website presumably there'll be something there but you don't necessarily get a benefit if you're an iThemes customer that seems to be the way it's going at the minute but I, 50 people on a calendar plugin what mm. the second it's the second coming of iThemes as well isn't it it's like yeah. uh, we They've risen, you know, from um, you know, from big changes in their company and everything. But but yeah, fifty employees. I mean, um, I know Bernard is in the comments, and you probably can't say. But um, the thing that that uh, I thought about when I saw this was that I always think um, when I think of this plugin, I actually thought it was you know uh, Scott Kingsley Clark, uh, who is the, I think the lead dev there, and maybe like two or three other people. <laughs> That's what I thought it was. Yeah, and. Um, so no, there's a whole army of people, but Scott is, I think, the lead developer there. And I wonder if uh, that means Scott has um, ported over to um, to uh, the new to Liquid Web as well, because he's obviously one of the employees, I would imagine. Um, and obviously, Scott is the lead dev for Pods as well. So I wonder what that means to the new owners of um, Scott. <laughs> um, let let Scott work on the Pods project. And I assume nothing changes there. And I'm assuming that's a big part of the discussion that's happened. But it'd be interesting to see what happens. But another big acquisition. And if, uh, if you're a hosting company, yeah. what what is the like is everybody after an events plugin is that like is that a, like a basic thing now that all websites have in this era of covid is everybody putting events online is that where this is suddenly happening i think the whole point is to own the experience and to right. own a solution of some kind you've got the e-commerce solution now this is the event solution so if you're a hosting company you're trying to differentiate you are better than somebody else because of x and so I think that's why people keep doing that. I mean, that's why GoDaddy bought um, Coblox, right? They're, they're trying to be that solution probably as well. And WordPress is getting into that. And now I think. Yeah. I feel like the hosting industry is still quite young uh, as in terms of it's still, you know, um, one hosting company buys the other one, then another bigger one than that buys that one, then another bigger one than that buys that one. And it is basically just, yeah, there's just there's just a monopoly grab at the moment. That's It still hasn't finished. You know, a couple, maybe 10 years ago, the hosting companies were all just purely based on how many hosting customers they got. All of the customers are now somewhere. So what's the next thing that the hosting companies can acquire? They can't acquire more customers from other people. So they can acquire these, like Davey said, the, the experience that they know people will have using their product. Why do you need WordPress hosting? Because you're making a WordPress website. So you may as well, you know, buy things in. So this is just more uh, empire building, I think, by the hosting companies. And I don't know if it's a good thing or a bad thing, but that's just how I see it. 
The um the numbers speak for themselves though. Fifty employees, but also um, on WordPress.org currently eight hundred thousand active installs. Now I don't know where that puts them in the all-time greats list, but it's pretty close to the top. I wonder if there's a yeah, because it's a niche product as well. It's not yeah. like every website has an event calendar on it. Yeah, but I just so kind of wonder a, if a, a it's yeah. a you know everything's gone online with events, and b that's a big mailing list that you can suddenly start to ping. Um, so yeah, okay. Yeah. All right. If nobody's got anything else on that, we'll move to the next one. If I can find my show notes, where the heck have they gone? He said, gesturing on his mouse. Uh, right, the next one is you, Mr. Lacey. We're talking about this piece on WP Tavern. I think I oh, put yeah. this in there Sorry. and you got you to talk about it. Sorry about that. That's all right. I forgot about that. I forgot because we skipped it. Then, uh, So this one is on the WordPress Tavern, and it's an article by Justin Tadlock called 2021, colon, Reshaping the Tavern Experience. And he's basically uh, put in an article out to to kind of give everybody an idea of what's changing at WordPress Tavern over the over 2021 and some other things that they're going to start doing. And they, he does talk about it as if, you know, we, we're just getting started now. It's not like we're launching this next week and then the thing after there, you know, he's kind of talking about these are our, these are these are some of along alongside writing really good articles, which they always do. Here are some of the plans that we want to do. And they want to kind of get themselves a bit more what he terms on the bleeding edge. So um, there is a new design to the website coming, uh, which will be good because I'm sure that lots of people have fed back on the current design, which personally I've always really liked. Uh, but what they want to do, they really want to get into blocks. So if they're going to be writing about blocks all the time, uh, they really feel that let's see what it's like to live and uh, live and work with the block editor every single day and see and see how that works. And so that's fantastic. Um, they've got a podcast uh, coming out. Um, no, no plans as exactly when that will be or what kind of format it will be. I think that's going to be very interesting as well. And um, I think uh, I think that was it. There was some other stuff in there. What was what else? Forum. They're bringing back the forum. Yeah. I don't remember the forum because I never, um, because you know, I think uh, with WordPress Tavern reshaping, probably WP builds uh, this weekend. WordPress needs to reshape because. <laughs> <laughs> we we kind of shape ourselves and kind of um, cuddle up alongside their articles to a certain yeah. extent, don't yeah, we? we? Do. Yeah. Um, so we're, we're particularly interested in what this reshaping means. But um, I think that uh, Justin's probably noticed that a typical uh, comments on the, on the back end of a blog post probably don't do the articles justice because they are writing some of the most interesting journalistic pieces out there, in my opinion, in, in WordPress. And uh, and people want to talk about them. So I know that they're, it says in here that they're bringing back some elements of kind of forumness. So that might mean integration with social media. It might mean something that's on the page. We don't really know yet, but they're trying to improve communication, design, and uh, and expand their kind of media portfolio a little bit as well with the podcast. Mm. Um, Correct yeah. me if I'm wrong, but when they relaunched the website, it, it was a, a reskinning of uh, Justin's yeah. old theme, like his original theme before he came to be part of them. So he was very comfortable and could really iterate it. But he is all in on Gutenberg. You know that because everything he writes is about Gutenberg. So I think it's great that he's going to eat his own dog food. I mean, that's fantastic. I, yeah, I think it'll be really interesting if what? he takes that's... this as an opportunity to sort of experiment. You know, I wonder, I mean, you really wouldn't want the whole 
website to be an experiment. But if there were bits of the website where he's demonstrating, you know, he writes a piece about this thing just happened and you can do this with it. And then somewhere, maybe on a subdomain or something like that, we get to see what his tinkering resulted in. Um, and he really, you know, it, it is his job to literally explore, to, to be paid to explore and see what's out there and what's at the bleeding edge. And, and I think this is fabulous. I can't wait. Um, and also the forum. I think I'm going to, you know, I live and breathe WP Tavern anyway. I consume most of what's written. So the idea of having a forum. I must admit, I'm not that a big, big user of Slack. There's a few Slack channels that I'm involved in, but I don't find myself in there. I have to deliberately go there to to, to be engaged. And also, I, I do think Facebook and groups are not the right place for WordPress. Um, WordPress in this sense, the WP Tavern, obviously, we've got our Facebook group and it works great, but I don't think WP Tavern would benefit from that. And so bringing back a forum to me sounds like something I would I would, I would be there with bells on. Mm. I'm just, I want to think I'm looking forward to see you in bells during mm. that you, time. You better really be doing that. <laughs> dingle, dingle, dingle. I'm Nathan. <laughs> I feel like the uh, podcast will bring in more voices to WordPress Tavern as well. I, I assume. I don't know if they're going to do interviews or that kind of thing. But, you know, the voice of WordPress Tavern is very much, you know, Justin and um, Sarah. Sarah, Sarah Gooding, yeah. I mean, it's it's two voices most of the time. And you don't usually see things like interviews, even text-based interviews or anything like that. So it's it's those two speaking and then people commenting in the comments there. So I think one of the things I really like about these plans is that it, it feels like it's opening up the, the whole conversation a little bit more, which would be, yeah. which would be great. When we did the Page Builder Summer, I did reach out to Justin, and he was kind enough to put an article together about it. And it, it incredibly thorough. You know, he oh, created so a Google good. document full of, like, I don't know how many, way more questions than he had time to respond to. I responded to them all, but then, you know, editorially he had to pick the, the answers that he thought fitted with what he wanted to write. But there was a lot that went into it. You know, he spent a good deal of time creating those. So I, I just feel his everything about that guy is, is in the right place and I'm just keen to see what he does in the in the near future. Michelle, if you've got anything on that, I know that you're pressed for time, so I don't want to want to um uh, don't want to waste any of your time if you, no, if I'll, you I'll be watching along with everybody else to see how it develops. Yeah. Okay. Great. We love you, Justin. Yeah, we do. Really <laughs> he's just bought a new house. I don't know if you follow him on on the social media, but he's just got a new house and he's got cats, and uh, it's it's quite nice. He seems to be taking taking cookery as a bit of a, a bit of a meme in his own life at the moment. Trying to, trying and to that's display. why he's going to do podcasts. He didn't have a good internet where he was before. He complained he really about it over yeah. and over. So now I can see it being interviewed. I, yeah, I, I invited him so on. Powerful. Yeah, I invited him on to our this, in fact, um, and he declined because connection. Um, and, uh, you know, there was a couple of things, I think, in the calendar. So it'd be nice. It, I would love to have him on. That would be like, I've died and gone to heaven. Um, and then he could have you on, and then you could yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, self-fulfilling prophecy. Um, but there we go. That is going to be nice. Keep keep your eye out. Uh, see, it's a fairly it's a fairly slim. Do you know what? I hope he keeps it nice and simple like this, though. 
Uh, I'm showing a picture of WP Tavern at the minute. And it is basically, you can imagine him in Gutenberg writing this because it literally looks like you would be editing it in Gutenberg. It's nice and simple. It's, you know, mm -hmm. uh, images that don't stretch full width, simple text, nice font, white background, nothing cluttering in the way. It's going to be nice. Final piece. No, there's no final piece. We did it. We've already done the final mm -hmm. piece. Except nope. we haven't. Michelle was going to talk about it. Yes. yes. Um, Michelle. <laughs> Uh, Michelle has asked that she can mention this, and yeah. I would like her to do it. So this is underrepresentedintech.com, underrepresentedintech.com. What's this? This is the opportunity to find uh, diversity for your projects, for your business. If you click over to find contributors there, um, this is a way for you to find people who are interested in doing what you do. So on the left-hand side, you can choose what specialization you're looking for. So maybe you're looking for WordPress or, or I mean, choose anything on that left-hand side. And then you can choose um, on the right-hand side, the opportunity that you have. So for example, Nathan, if you click um, WordPress on the left-hand side and speaking, speaking, on, mm -hmm, speaking on a podcast on the right-hand side. Speaking on the podcast, yep. And then click search you're gonna see anybody who's in our database who is in an underrepresented group um, come up in this list. And all of these people are underrepresented in some way and also fit the criteria that you just selected. So- Dare I say this, uh, because I am, I am such, I really don't wanna put my foot in my mouth here, but what is the qualification? for underrepresented is it possible to sum up in the time we've got or if you click it... if you click back to that main page you can take a look at the list thank you right so if i because go back anybody, here mm -hmm. one to the let's go home to the home page right okay we'll yeah. do and then click i'm looking for opportunities top left i'm looking for, where's that this just top here left. submit profile yep. or just yep yep so and then you can see what it, what questions are asked for, for the profile so there you go right there right. there's your list so those are the underrepresented groups um, in technology. So female, non-binary, black or African-American, Asian, Latin, Hispanic, uh, uh, hey, black indigenous person of color, LGBTQ, <laughs> physically disabled, neurodivergent, or older than most people would expect in the tech industry. So things that would actually set you apart and that aren't represented usually on the stage. If you think about um, conferences and things like that, uh, was it two years ago that there is a PHP conference in, in Europe that was completely canceled because they had only men. Yes, um, that's speakers. right, I remember that, yeah. yeah. So this is, this is the kind of thing that can help you find people to ask them to apply. Asking somebody to apply to speak at your event or asking somebody to apply to be on your podcast or write a blog article doesn't mean that you're committing to hiring them. It doesn't mean you're committing to putting them on the stage, but it's at least making sure that you are reaching out to people that you think would be good. Maybe I'm not the right person for you. You invite me and I submit a talk that does not fit with your conference. It's okay that I didn't get selected because at least I knew about the opportunity and I was invited to be part of the process. Um, and the whole idea is that at the end of, you know, re reviewing all of the applications, you've had some diverse people actually apply for the position or apply to speak or apply to be on your podcast, whatever. If you look at most podcasters, myself included, if you look back over all of the people who have been on the podcast, are you looking at representation? Are you looking at a whole bunch of white faces? Are you looking at, you know, 75 or more percent male? Um, We're we, in every box that you're saying right now. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> so, so this is a great way to say, I wonder who else in WordPress would be interested in being on a podcast, for example. And, and I've used it myself and I'm inviting people to be on WP Coffee Talk who, you know, fit that. Now I'm already hyper aware of that. And so my track record is really good because I'm seeking people constantly to get a different voice from different parts of the world. Um, and from different experiences. But not everybody thinks that way. So it's like, oh, somebody wants to be on it, we'll let them in on it. But do we actually seek diversity and representation in what we are putting out there for the rest of the world? And the whole idea behind underrepresented in tech is to have that representation, but without tokenization. It's not like, well, we had one woman on there once last year, that's, that's representative. It's not representative if you've only tokenized one person. So the idea is to be truly diverse and to represent diversity in our projects and in the, in the uh, events that we're putting on. I've noticed that you've gone for the underrepresented in tech. Presumably, you know, you the people that you know that would have worked with you on this are in the WordPress community. But this is broader than that, right? You don't have to be a WordPress user. This is anybody in tech, Correct. right? Yeah, we didn't want to pigeonhole into WordPress. We wanted it to be anything. So, you know, if you if you scroll down, you can see all the different specialties that we put in there: graphic arts, accessibility, public speaking. Um, you know, all of those wow. marketing, SEO, things like that, that aren't necessarily specific to WordPress, but there is a WordPress box there too. So if you're looking specifically for people in WordPress, you can find them. This is cool. And has it, have you received much traction? You know, has it been, obviously we just selected a couple of boxes and out came some people. Right. I didn't keep scrolling. Um, I don't know what, have, what that was We like. have about 50, we just launched this. Uh, our, our soft launch was in November. Um, you know, we haven't, we're not putting any marketing dollars into this. It, it, we're not making any money off of this. Uh, we do have sponsorships. They're all in-kind sponsorships. So anybody that shows up at the bottom as a sponsor has donated services, donated their plugins, donated their hosting, et cetera. Um, and so we're, it's, we're not pocket, we're not lining our pockets <laughs> with anything yeah. because it's free to join. So it's free to be listed, but we don't want to, to, we don't think we should tax anybody who's in an underrepresented group by making them pay to be part of this. Equally, if I make a contributor or if I make a, somebody who's hiring or looking pay, that's also taxing the underrepresented person because it should be free for them to be found. And so we're not making money off the site. It isn't about that at all. We do have a tip jar because there were some people who really wanted to contribute. And and that's fine. If people want to contribute, they can. Um, but that's not, Ellie Nimmons is my partner in this. The two of us are not in this to try to make money. We really, really, really built this as a, a gift for uh, the tech community to be able to be a more diverse and better represented group. The, um, just, just on that point, the, mm -hmm. If, like me, you, you put on an event like I did last year, this is a genuine challenge in that essentially the people that I know are the people that I know, and they might not represent what the world has out there. And so something like this just makes it simply easier. It makes mm -hmm. that job a whole ton easier. So, yeah, if, yeah. If, you, if you've just been watching this and you feel that you'd like to submit a profile or indeed find some contributor, and there were a whole range of things that you can look for, uh, underrepresented in tech.com and i will tell you that we want to make sure that people with disabilities are equally represented and we do recognize that the site right now is not fully accessible we just went, underwent an accessibility audit and um, changes are coming so if you're trying to find use the site right now you're not finding it particularly easy to navigate as somebody who has um you know disability issues feel free to contact me and i will work through that with you until we actually have the site updated to the point that somebody can navigate it easily okay Thank you so much. What a nice project, underrepresentedtech.com. Paul? I just want to nominate Michelle for, like, community contributor of the last 12 months. 
yes. there, there is an award for that somewhere, I'm sure. You know, the word... In fact, should we should we just give that award now? The WWE yeah, it's Build Community Contributor. And the award the goes to. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, well, if they're that listening, they, they don't know that I'm wearing a red shirt, and now my face matches it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was very special. sweet, and I'll yeah. take. You do a lot of work. Today. You do a lot of work for free, Michelle. I appreciate it. Do. Yeah, uh, people like you make this whole thing worthwhile. Thank you so much. Michelle. Thank you. Was, there, yeah, there's a whole a, team of people. Yeah. Nice project. Um, sadly, time has got the better of us. Uh, we've got another episode of This Week in WordPress next week. 2 p.m. Is that right? Is it 2 p.m.? Yes, it is. It's 2 p.m. UK time. WPBuilds.com forward slash live. I'd like to thank Paul Lacey, the co-host, who's not there. He's there. He's there every week. Makes the effort to come. Very much appreciated. Paul gets the award for, you know, honorary co-host. Nice guy. Fun, fundamentally good dude award. Michelle Frechette, thank you for coming. And Dovey, who he can't say it, surname. Uh, yeah, everybody point. Everybody point. And, uh, <laughs> and we'll be back next week. Much appreciated. I think Dovey should get the Business Insight Award. Yeah. And the, <laughs> Dovey, you're always good for, good for those kind of commercial business insights in WordPress. So you get that award. You get Woo! an award. You get an yeah. award. And you get an award. And Nathan, you we get We all get an award. Too. I don't get it. You finally get the pressing the buttons. Yeah, I get Paul Lacey is now the Oprah of WordPress. That is the award I want. I want the pressing the buttons award. I've always I, 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 I actually think that Dovey should get the having more hexagons than anybody else award. Because <laughs> he's got so many yeah. hexagons. It's ridiculous. I'm so you'll contemporary. Have, you'll have to look on the video to see. We'll be back next week. I appreciate your attendance. Thank you for all the people who put in the comments. We can't put them all up. Uh, we just can't. There's just no way. But thank you so much <laughs> if you came and watched us today. Take it easy. Have a nice week. We'll see me. you next time. Bye. 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 Bye.